I wanted to talk today about something that seems all too common. It's a question that's come up. I've gotten it from my coworkers, gotten it from family members, and it's a difficult one to deal with. And that's what I want to talk about. And that basic thing is when you hear people say things like, I want to lose weight, but dieting and exercise doesn't work for me or that kind of a variant on that kind of thing. So I wanted to talk about that because it's something comes up and it makes people like myself kind of shake our heads. And sometimes the inclination is to just scoff at them or talk down to them. But the problem is these are generally people we care about and we want to see them adopt some of the, the mindset shifts, I guess, that will help them. And we want these family members and, and friends to, to, to want to accept better for themselves because it's easy to say, I want something, but it's another thing to say, I'll accept what that means and put it into practice and accept this, this certain beliefs. Um, and we would love for them to do that. I mean, that's not to say, you know, some, for some people, they just, they, they won't commit because it's not important to them. And that's absolutely fine. But for the people who are like desperate and they really feel that this is what I want for myself, but they simply don't know how to get there. So we can take approaches that will push those people farther away or we can take some approaches that will help them. And so I want to talk today about maybe trying to find some of those approaches that might be helpful for these people we care about. So first off, I just want to say I'm recording this just on my phone speaker. I had problems with my other microphone. It sounded terrible. So hopefully I'm sounding okay. Now with that out of the way, let's talk about this issue. So I've had this a lot of times in my life, especially since getting starting to get into what I would call a very good shape. And it's, it's a journey. It's an ongoing journey. And my journey is sometimes dieting quite lean. And sometimes it's putting on muscle and and I try to spend more time in the putting on muscle uh, phase of that because it takes more time. Um, and so in, in this process, you know, I've, a lot of people, sometimes I just come into room and family members are like, oh, I should get into shape. And they say these kind of things. And sometimes they ask about it and with, with zero intention of putting anything into practice. And I try to have a friendly approach and a hopeful approach and these kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of people who are at the starting point of this. And it's like, where did I begin and where did I start to notice changes? And I think that's a good approach. And the reality is, so losing losing weight, we'll say, and I, even though I mean losing fat, is is not a complicated process, but that doesn't make it easy per se. And But it does require, it, doing it in a consistent basis is requires some dedication and and some self-discipline but that doesn't mean you have to hate yourself in doing it and you shouldn't and you need to find ways to make a sustainable model and and in fact that was my whole goal when I think back to when I started really intensely going after it in January of 2021 was that I wanted a model I could do so I could look good year round and I wouldn't have to 
keep dieting because it's no fun going into intense, long, year-long diets just to get into reasonable shape. Sometimes that's necessary when you've let you go yourself go for years and years and years, but it'd be kind of preferable to not get there. That way you could enjoy all the benefits of looking good all the time. That's why when I'm even gaining size, which comes with gaining fat, I try to keep that within a reasonable level so I don't have to, I can still like how I look basically, even though I'm a little bit softer, but it's within an acceptable realm. So trying to find something, my point there is trying to find is a model that is enjoyable, sustainable, and uh, effective is is the approach. So is the best approach. So we have to consider all of those things. So what does what do they mean? Well, effective basically means when we, when it boils down to it, you have to accept the idea of energy balance. You have to accept that the more active you are, the more calories you burn, and the more calories you burn, the more fat you lose. Now, there's a lot of people who don't like this model and a lot of people who say, no, it's hormones or I'm special. I defy the law of thermodynamics. And it's easy to get irritated with those kinds of claims because they sound like cop-outs. Um, and so you have to acknowledge that there's a leap of faith required for people who just don't buy it, who have said dieting doesn't work for me or, me or these kinds of things. And, and the reality is that it does work for them. They just haven't approached it in the best way or they haven't fully bought into it or they've tried a fad diet or something or six of them in many cases. And maybe they worked for a little while and then they stopped working, which all of these fad diets tend to do because they don't address the underlying issue, which is energy balance. And so, so first of all, there's a leap of faith required to accept that. And, and we have to appreciate that. And, and that means offering it in a convincing way, for one thing, and understanding that, you know what, this, I, I understand that this doesn't um, necessarily jive with what you feel works, um, but, but please give it a try. And it also means understanding that when it comes to balance, to, to energy balance, it's very similar to a good analogy is your, your budget. If you have no idea what's going in and what's coming out and what's required, then you have no way of doing it. You're, you're blind. So it adopting this in the truest sense, adopting this belief that energy balance matters means determining how much calories you need approximately how many you consume and again approximately and how many you uh, you burn in um, in activity um, and that's activity above and beyond say your maintenance so so you need to accept all of these things and then measure them as best you can and put them into practice so the way that I've found to be best for that. First of all, it begins with tracking food. Tracking food is a good way to get a, a good approximation of how much you are consuming. And the more accurate you can be with that, the better. Food scales for me work wonders for that, as well as an app, a, a, like something like MyFitnessPal. So you're tracking it on an ongoing basis. Now in the beginning stages, really what we're trying to do is hone in on what that maintenance level is. Now you can use various calculators to get 
a ballpark figure, but everybody is individual. And this is kind of where the hormone thing comes in is everybody is slightly different for how many calories they need. So a calculator, it will probably help you get in the ballpark, but it won't be probably quite accurate. So if you use that as sort of a starting point and then start the habit of tracking your daily intake and then uh, of calories. And I would say if you give it a good two to three weeks of doing this, and that's not even necessarily trying to um, trying to diet. That's just getting into the habit of doing it and getting a sense of how much you eat every day. And at the same time, something like a Fitbit and tracking, I found the best way to do this is actually tracking steps with a Fitbit or step track or whatever brand you want. So track how many, again, how many steps do you take in a day? What's your average normally? We want to get a baseline. All we need is a few weeks to do this. And then what we can do is we can start adjusting those and that's when the real changes can happen. So if we say over that two to three week period of time with, you know, a certain amount of food and try to keep it as consistent as possible if you can over those two weeks with about this much food and with about this many steps, what are the results over those two weeks? And hopefully two weeks, again, two to three weeks will give you a good ballpark and because we have to keep in mind water fluctuation are the big changes, like if you've had excess sodium. Personally, I would say take your weight every day, but but we're looking for trends. So over these two weeks, do you stay about the same? Do you get a bit heavier, a bit lighter? Okay. And then what we can do is we can spend a couple of weeks changing that. We can say, and the changes would be, say, okay, well, what happens if you do, say, 200 more steps in a day? and you consume about 200 less calories, something like that, on average, on average. And so maybe some days you'll have a little bit less than that, but, and, and, and then, but you allot yourself like a cheat meal in there, like one to two cheat meals a week, I feel is necessary, but still track them and get a sense of, okay, so about how much was I over today? And then you can get a truer picture of it. Now, if we take this kind of approach with anyone who's willing to hear it, I think it'll be life-changing for for these individuals. And this is the approach that I'm going to attempt to take with the people who will allot me this, the time to to share it with them. Now, it's probably worth noting, I haven't even begun to address things like exercise, uh, or at least I should say resistance, because that gets into the fine-tuning thing. I mean, we need to, I think... The other thing to to keep in mind with these types of things is that you need to address the things first that make the biggest differences. And when it comes to to losing weight and in getting into good shape, it starts with managing your diet, managing your activity. So that might mean cardio, meaning just simply taking a walk, which is why, why I say steps. Now, we can definitely fine tune this in various ways with, say, macronutrients and with... Um, with resistance training because muscle tissue is metabolic. So why not increase that? Why not to, to give yourself more calories basically um, and look better, of course. And why not uh, focus on the macronutrients that will have, give you a bit of an edge, meaning basically protein and fiber. But the, the thing where I want to stress protein and fiber this has additional benefits because I think what's more important at this stage is, is the st- sustainability aspect of it. 
the sustainability aspect of a diet is is an important thing to address and that's partly why i was saying a lot cheat meals but also you want to feel full as much as possible so how can we do this we can do this in a few ways one way is drinking lots of water I don't mean stupid amounts, but but drink plenty of fluids and, and water, diet sodas, help with this. Um, so you feel full. That only goes so far, but also lots of fiber and lots of protein-rich foods will also help you feel full. And you can find tricks like eating slowly uh, to, to help with that, to help your basically your body signal you that you're full. Um, and it, so also finding meals and recipes that you really enjoy and really try to enjoy the meals that are within those calorie options and that i was going to say ideally if you can make them higher protein higher fiber then you get to have more of it you get to have more of it and they tend to make you feel fuller but I find that having a certain amount of carbs in there just makes it so much more enjoyable and you need an enjoyable diet in order to sustain it. Same with the activity. If if you just dread walking, and I don't know many people that do hate walking, but if you do, then fine, find some other form of activity that that you do enjoy. Another thing I think it can be extremely helpful for people at the starting point of their journey especially is understanding expectations if we have unrealistic expectations one way or the other it's not going to be a good thing it's not going to help with the sustainability because either it can lead to getting discouraged if they are too um too ambitious or too unrealistic in one way or if they're not if they're not um ambitious enough, then you'll sell yourself short and not get anywhere. Um, or but plus, if the weight loss is too low, then it's not measurable enough to be sustainable. And this is actually another important thing to talk about is that because water fluctuations can happen and because, because weight loss can be I mean, somewhat slow, depending, I, I would say about half a pound to a pound a week is generally good uh, fat loss for for most people on an ongoing basis. In, in the beginning, there might be a lot more because of water weight and stuff like that, but it can become a little bit tricky to manage and measure day to day. So, um, so a broader picture would be necessary and would make that easier, but nonetheless, Having those kind of realistic expectations can at least help you uh, know sort of what you're you're driving towards, and and having a having a goal of about well, let me from my experience, having a a goal of about three months is a good is one good goal, but it's usually a little bit too far away. I like having one a few weeks off as well. Uh, two weeks might be a little bit low. But uh, three to four weeks is you can you can do something like that, and I think that goal is that end line is in sight. And if you so if you set up your goal, okay, I want to lose about five good solid pounds within about four weeks, then something like that would be a, a good starting point. So I think I just want to conclude with basically what I think, and this is I suppose somewhat theoretical, but what I think will be basically the best approach the best approach for um, helping 
someone in the uh, in the category that I've described, somebody who just feels that dieting and exercise just doesn't work for them or something like that. So I think a good step one would be to basically lay out a plan and uh, in terms of what we want to do and very importantly, why. Um, I think people are, are far more motivated if they know why they need to do something. Just like I think I want to say it was Nietzsche who said that uh, any why can overcome or sorry, a good why can overcome anyhow. So basically, getting to know why we're doing what we're doing, I think will help motivate people. And so basically have a, in this specific case, have a brief explanation as to, okay, why calorie balance is important. And because there's a whole bunch of uh, individual variability, that's why we're going to start out how we are. And, and the fact that jumping in with both feet uh, at, at this point in time, you know, it, it's a lot to... I think a lot of people have the misconception that dieting means going, bursting out of the gates and you have to be miserable and you have to be uh, doing things in an extreme way and it's going to be for the rest of your life. I think we need to break this kind of just by saying, you know what, first, first things first. And the first thing is going to be actually, so step two, I suppose, would be the prep. And the prep would be getting everything into place, lining up our ducks so that we can approach this, which I mean, say getting apps, say getting a, a fitness track, like my fitness pal or something, a calorie, calorie counting app, a scale so you can weigh yourself, ideally a food scale, fit, Fitbit, or um, some kind of spreadsheet to track this, this kind of thing, just preparing for it. And the third step would be basically putting the, the, well, learning how to use these things. As, so, uh, basically learning how you're going to, um, or, or I suppose what falls into this category is if you're not going to be doing step counting, another would, good way to start off would be to say, just figure out how you're going to do it. So basically say, okay, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to do a 30 minutes of exercise and a 30 minute walk, say, and I get as far as I get. And that's that. Uh, step four would be basically just implementing habits. And that doesn't mean so at this point in time, we're just practicing uh, calorie counting, basically. Calorie counting and, and measuring your uh, activity, that kind of thing. It's not about making changes. Uh, step five would be setting goals. So this is where the expectations come into play. We want realistic goals that uh, are ambitious enough that we can see measurable results, but they're also realistic enough that we won't be discouraged if it doesn't work out quite <laughs> quite how we want and the final step would be to basically adjust the caloric intake and activity to match those goals and ideally we're doing it in small increments so something that's that's manageable so you can and enjoyable so one of the great things about implementing a plan like this is sometimes things come up and they shed light on the real issues that have uh, have been plaguing the people that supposedly this doesn't work for. Like in my example, as I brought it up, I found uh, that uh, my, a family member of mine didn't like looking at her weight. So how can you possibly know you're not losing weight if you refuse to look at the scale? Because it stresses you out. And it reminded me of when I was 
like a bit younger and, and budgetary things stressed me out. So I just refused to look at my bank account. And actually, I'm still guilty of that from time to time. So again, it sheds lights on this. And how do we deal with things like that? So on a high level, I think what this might mean is starting by with with the person in question, identifying the issue, identify that there is an issue here and try to define it as best as possible. This is actually a good approach for a lot of things. When there's a problem you want to think about and thinking about problems is definitely a good thing. So identify the issue and try to define everything as involved with the issue as clearly as possible and help them understand why it's an issue. Um, and then also help them understand sort of the benefits of overcoming this issue and then kind of jointly accept helping them come to the conclusion that basically the benefits outweigh the sort of short-term discomfort um, and and then jointly basically come up with a plan to overcome it which as far as I can tell at this point in time the best way would be probably if possible some form of of what's sometimes called exposure therapy now in the case that I'm dealing with exposure therapy is a little bit difficult because that normally means sort of inching towards something that worries you this this will be hard to do in the case of not wanting to look at the scale because how do you do that incrementally there's probably a way i just can't think of it at the moment but but to to play this example out so it might mean you know if we talk about what's what what is it the issue the issue is i don't want to look at the scale well why is it an issue well like I said, there was the bank account example. There was, there's lots of different examples. There's the whole idea that if you're going somewhere and you don't know where you are on a map, how can you possibly, with any level of um, usefulness, I guess, for lack of a better word, know where you want to go if you don't even know where you your starting point is. Um, and And... And then there's the, the, the old idea, too, that, um, well, I was, uh, it, it brought another thing to mind, which isn't completely related, I guess, but the idea that this has to do with the exposure therapy, I think, that, that sometimes what you need most is is found where, where you least want to look, right? That the whole idea of the comfort zone and, and forcing yourself to get out of that, but... Um, but I think in this case, accepting accepting that the benefits of looking at the scale as much as it's uncomfortable will help you know where you need to go. And it'll help you see the progress as you're beginning to make progress. So um, so anyway, so I think that's I think that's the best approach is to uh, is to follow that kind of model. And remember, this is all coming from the point of caring about the person, which I think is is ultra important. And it's it's sometimes hard to do when you're frustrated because the initial instinct when when I heard, first of all, where I started this conversation is diet and exercise doesn't work for me is, is frustration. And then when I hear I don't want to look at the scale because that stresses me out. Frustration. You know, if we can if we can reframe that and, and remind ourselves that this is all about caring for the person, I think we can probably come up with a much better approach. I think it's also important to add that Take every opportunity you can to offer encouragement, especially as you see them 
implementing some of these things. There's nothing worse than doing things and feeling like you've just been forgotten about. So definitely provide encouragement where you see them taking these these actions and, and be on the lookout for it, for that kind of thing. I will say, obviously, going to these lengths to empathize with someone, to work with them, to meet where them where they are, and and it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but just like anything, just like the exercise we're, we're talking about, I think the nuisance of it um, is overshadowed by all the other benefits and the benefits are helping someone else and preserving that relationship and, um, and actually helping it helps yourself too, because it'll help you to better understand things that maybe you take for granted. So I'll just leave it there and, uh, hopefully this is helpful.